Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Let's take our hands and put them on our heart. Good, we all know where our heart is. <laughs> okay, let's, I'm going to just pray. It's a prophetic act of our hearts. Father, we just say um, that our hearts are yours. And tonight, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you will do um, a good work of replacing any hard hearts with hearts of flesh, um, that you will come and revive and bring hope and renew, and that you will restore and um, bring revelation um, specifically about your truth. And we just say thank you, God, that you are good. You are good. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if I said in a previous sermon once, I'm, I'm sure I have, but excuse those that have heard it. My sister once said to me, um, Lauren, God is in a good mood. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I didn't quite believe it, actually, in the beginning. It took me a while. I kept on saying it over, you know, keep, kept on reminding myself, he's in a good mood. He's not just good, he's actually in a good mood. Um, okay, so last week um, we had a, a great family holiday. Um, we went to Machakolo. Um, it's a game farm. It doesn't really matter about the name. I just say it because Benjamin says it's very cute. He's Makagolo. Um, and I was sitting, this message had actually started in my heart um, in the beginning of the month when we were just talking on the, the prayer WhatsApp group. If you're not on that and you want to be on it, let us know. But we, uh, Sh- um, Shamiso had posted something about gold um, and the silver and there was something that God had started in my heart about um, a message regarding refining. And this is something that God has obviously been doing for a long time. And oh, it was just an intense week. I felt constantly, it was just this purifying, purifying. Stefan was in um, Durban for the week, and I was just so amazed at what was coming out of my heart. <laughs> and that Sunday, I, he, I didn't know what he was going to preach about, and remember he preached that sermon about the purification of the heart. I was like, wow, he says he's not prophetic, but he is, um, and, and I thought, oh, okay, well, because I was planning on preaching on the purification at the end of the month, this, this service, and I said to Henny, I'm not going to preach anymore because Stefan basically took my sermon, um, so he was like, no, you are, um, it'll come out a different way, <laughs> and, um, and God is just faithful to confirm it um, in the month, but Back to Makukolo, and I'm sitting, we all had these, uh, our own rooms, and from where I was sitting, I could see my father-in-law making the fire, and they've got this massive boma, you know, one of those fires that are, like, huge, and, um, and I thought, yo, it's really beautiful, you know, such a beautiful fire, everything was dark, I was just waiting for Caleb to fall asleep, and um, I was comfortable, you know, I was, I was happily sitting in my bed, and as soon as I walked closer, and... Um, saw my father-in-law brying. He was perspiring. <laughs> now, my father-in-law has an amazing ability to perspire. Um, <laughs> my sister-in-law, Lenka, will confirm that. Um, but it was the same with Louis, who bried the next night, you know. Um, just, and I, I just thought about this. <laughs> yeah, Louis. <laughs> if you want to date my sister, you're going to be exposed from the <laughs> platform. <laughs> um, but... But I just thought about, you know, I thought about the, the proximity to the fire determines the impact that that fire has on you. You know, you can sit and look at that fire from a distance and it can have no impact on you. You can look at the fire and you can go, it's a beautiful fire. Wow, it's such a powerful fire. And, um, yeah, and, I, and I, just, I just realized, you know, that, that God is a refining fire <laughs> um, is an invitation for us to come closer. <laughs> the closer we come, the more intense the fire is going to become in your life. Um, okay, we've got an amazing group here on the left. It's very encouraging. Um, <laughs> and I, I spoke to people in the week, and I was just saying, <clears throat> are some of you feeling tired? Now, I think a lot of you can say, you're working 12 hours a day, you're working for corporate, it's October, it's the end of the month, and you say yes. But then there's an emotional tiredness, there's a spiritual tiredness as well. 
And, um, and I just, I really believe that God is, he's doing something in us and he will always be doing a work of refining if you have said yes at some point to him. <laughs> because that's the, that's the work that he does. You know, the refiner's fire. Um, and let, me, let me start with reading the scripture and then I'll... Um, so this is a scripture God laid in my heart. There's a lot about refining in the Bible, but Malachi 3 says, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, um, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. That's yeah, interesting, his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire, a laundress's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring an offering in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord God Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. And tonight I want to talk about three. I want to talk about the purpose of refining. I want to talk about the process of refining. And then I want to talk about the promise of refining. And um, some of you, as soon as you hear refining, you're like, <laughs> you know, your immediate connotation, your connection to refining is negative because possibly you've gone through a trial or a difficult time and you weren't sure if it was God or if it was the devil. <laughs> or you thought it was God, but you felt like he'd left you. <laughs> or you were disappointed in a process of difficulty. And I just really believe tonight God is just wanting to give answers. I believe he wants to birth a hope. He wants to actually have us walk away with a longing to go to that place of engaging with the refiner's fire. And, um, and it really comes down to do you know God is good? <laughs> because you, if you know he is good, if you know that he is the essence of love, you'll be able to allow that refining to take place inside of you. And some of you have just been saying lately, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know, this is just too much. I cannot get through this day. God, can you stop? You know, these, this, I'm at the end of myself. I, I, I have nothing left to give. And that is a good place. I want to tell you <laughs> it's not a bad place. Um, and you know, and I, just, I just want you to open up your heart, you know, as God will... As, we, as I speak about the different processes of refining, maybe you can recognize where you're at. Maybe it's, I'm going to give you a key to what is the next thing that you need to move through. Um, the other thing is that God is calling people. <laughs> he is revealing his glory. He's revealing his purpose to you for your life. And he's not going to call you to something and he's not gonna, that you're going to fail in later on. That's going to destroy you. So when he calls you, when he equips you, for something, he's going to give you the character. He's going to give you everything that you need to succeed in that which he's called you for. And that requires refining. Because you're not going to be able to carry the glory of God and the purpose that he has for your life in the state that you sort of come to, first come to him. Because we are all defiled. We are all, we've, because we're born in a, in a fallen world. And I, I want to ask you tonight that you'll open up your heart to God that. Some of you just keep the, the trials and the tribulations at a distance um, because it means that you have to let go of control. It means that you need to start facing things in your heart that you've kept um, under the radar for a while. Um, but I want to tell you that refining is not punishment, <laughs> okay? Refining from God is not punishment from God. There's an invitation to come closer to Him. Um, and unless we can see it like that, we are, we are unable to engage, engage with the one that refines. Um, okay, so the process of justification happens when you accept Jesus. He justifies, he stands before the judge and he says, I've, ex I've taken on their sin. So you become justified. But then the second step is sanctification. <laughs> okay, and that is 
yeah, you'll see people that have been saved for a while, but but they're sort of still in a very early stage of their salvation. Um, and maybe it's because they haven't actually said yes to Jesus as the one that sanctifies, the one that cleanses, um, that makes whole. And sanctification really just means separate fr- separated from the world and separated unto God. Um, okay. So the purpose, let's start with um, the purpose of refining. And this is not a, this is an exhaustive list. It's not an exhausted. Anyway, there are many reasons why refining um, can take place. I just want to highlight a few of them. Okay, so the first one, um, the purpose is to expose the impurities and remove the things that decrease our worth and our value. And I'll, I'll get into the process of the actual physical refining of gold and silver later, and you'll see. Um, but it's really to, to come and expose those things that keep, actually keep us in bondage. Um, we think refining is just, I'm not perfect, so God needs to burn away the things that keep me from being perfect. <laughs> and that's actually not, you know, it's, it's actually, there's some things that are not, um, that are keeping you from walking in the worth and the value that God has placed on your life. And so, Turning up the heat a little bit is going to bring those things to the surface. Okay. It exposes um, false comforts, uh, the things that don't bear good fruit, um, our ability to do things in our own strength. Uh, Okay, I'm going to work a little bit quickly through the purpose of refining because I want to get to the process and and the promise. Um, The other thing that the purpose of refining is it establishes a rest. (laughs) Because when God... when when God exposes, when, sorry, when he sent out Joseph, okay, he calls Joseph to this great calling, but Joseph went through a, t- a period of something like 17 years of preparation, 17 years of refining, because God wanted to establish an ability to rest, to operate in that massive capacity of leadership that God had called him for, not from a place of strife, not a, from a place of, I have to maintain this. I have to maintain this role and this expectation that people have from me. And no, it comes from a rest. It comes from a, a deep place of knowing, but God has called me to this. And he has given me this platform. And he is opening up these doors. And so he will be the one that maintains that. Okay. Um, and, and together with that deep rest is he removes that, that place of our offering. Our, our contribution based on our performance. When he refines us, our offering becomes an offering of righteousness. Okay. And um, I'll get, I'm going to get back to that later with, with the scripture in Malachi. Okay. Third thing is he, he reveals a true joy. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, when you are stripped from things that you find your joy in, when you are stripped from the things that satisfy, you are forced to check the things that are in your heart and, and actually ask yourself, do I find joy in the eternal or do I find joy in the temporary? <laughs> and so when the pressured situation comes up or when the thing that gives you comfort gets taken away, you are forced to ask yourself, do I remain in a position of joy? And God wants to be able to give us a joy that, that the, the world sees. <laughs> Do you know that joy is one, not happiness, because happiness is based on circumstances, but joy is not based on circumstances, and that is something that Christians should be known by. <laughs> we should be known in the, in the workplace and in our environment for our joy. <laughs> people should, I remember my one director used to ask me, what happy pill did you drink this morning? You know, or it was like even, did you get it on? You know, obviously because he thinks I must have had some pleasure to be happy. No, <laughs> I have joy in my heart. And I didn't respond like that. I, I just didn't respond to him. But, um, <laughs> but refining creates a capacity um, within us to have a joy that's placed in Jesus that is unshakable. Um, yeah, and so... And it really does become a, a, a testimony and it becomes contagious to the people around us. Okay, the fourth thing, have us re- reflect the image of Christ. Yeah, the refining, and, and we'll get there later with the process, but the, re- the, the refining process of silver ends when the silversmith can see his image in the silver. Okay. 
And I just gave that away too soon. But anyway, okay, <laughs> you can have another revelation later. But, <laughs> but, that is, but that is really something where God is saying, I want you to reflect my image to the world. <laughs> I want people to say, do you know what? They, I see character in you. I see integrity. I see that you are um, a man of your word. I see that um, you are able to love. Like, you reflect that image. It's not just my say. It's not just my words. But refining and pressured situation, we respond maybe with a quick tongue. <laughs> and God's like, but that's not who I am. And as that happens, God says, but I'm going to show you who I am. And so that's a constant process of becoming um, like the image of Christ. Okay. And then lastly, to draw us closer to him. In the, full, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. Um, Psalm 24 says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? Who has clean hands, those who have a pure heart? And it's not to say that God is not surrounded by a, someone that has not gone through the process of sanctification. But I have seen that the presence of God increases to the heart that is willing to allow him to refine them. Because he is holy. And we often want to have this negotiation with God. You know, God, I... This is what I want from you. This is, this is the deal that I've, I have with you. Whereas God, God is a holy God. <laughs> and, um, but he's not a holy God that keeps us at a dis distance. He's a holy God that invites us closer. Okay, so let's go to the, the process of refining. Stage one is um, <coughs> breaking. Okay. Let's go to the next page. <laughs> This is not a hard message, okay? I trust that you're, you're really going to walk away here with hope. But I need to, I need to just create and, and set the scene for us to be able to actually see what, that we need refining. Okay. So there on the left, you've got an original piece of um, silver ore. You can refining of silver or gold. Um, but here's a, 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 it's a solid piece. It's a hard piece. Um, and there on the right... Um, for the second process, the ore needs to be broken up into little pieces. Um, so in biblical times, I'm just going to read this straight off the paper. A refiner began by breaking up rough ore, hardened rock, encased with common min minerals such as tin, copper, and zinc. But that rock also had the promise of valuable rare metals hidden within them, the precious metals of gold and silver. The breaking of the rock is necessary to begin the refining process to expose high valuable metals to heat. The Lord communicates his perfect plan to us. We are rough rock in need of a refining fire. Jeremiah 23, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. And so the breaking to me is just really God bringing a situation to say, this is the state of your heart. <laughs> and we see, oh, my heart is hard. It's unable to be shaped or formed. And it's then that we say, yes, God, come and soften my heart. And to me, that's just God saying, do you give me the go-ahead? God will do refining. We don't always have to give him the go-ahead for refining, but many a times the refining comes after a time where you have said yes to God calling you to um, a new level of glory. Okay. The stage two, the melting. Okay. The refiner places unrefined silver into a crucible. That's a picture on the left. The refiner places the crucible in the heated furnace to remove dross. The refiner puts broken, crushed ore into a crucible, a fireproof melting pot, able to withstand extreme heat. Then the refiner places the crucible into the furnace at the pre precise temperature necessary for removing other metals that would impact the quality of the gold or silver. As the ore melts in the crucible under the watchful eye of the refiner, a layer of impurities called dross eventually forms on the surface. Proverbs 25 verse 4 says, remove the dross from the silver and a silversmith can produce a vessel. And so to me, the melting is in situations where you get into an argument with someone and you respond in a very quick, you know, you respond with an accusation or what it, whatever it might be. You know, the melting is a pressured situation. It's a situation that you are not able to control <laughs> the environment that you're in. Um, Maybe that melting is you having to wait for something a little longer than what you planned to in the beginning. Um, or it's maybe not getting the thing which you thought you were, you were entitled to. Um, 
And often the re- that melting to me is really just a frustration. You know, that you, you're in a situation, you experience a frustration. And in that frustration, things start surfacing in your heart. Um, and I, I want to say that um, the fire... So he takes the crucible, he puts the rock inside the crucible, and he puts the crucible in that fire. The things that come to the surface only come to the surface because they were originally in the product. Okay, so you can't blame the fire for bringing these things out inside of you. (laughs) Um, When when you talk about, when you go to marriage prep, they have the, the blue beads jar and the pink beads jar. And they take the two and they knock them together and the pink beads come flying out and the blue beads come flying out and they ask, well, why did the beads fly out? And then you sort of say, well, because the blue beads knocked the pink beads. No, the pink beads came out because they were in the jar. (laughs) You know, and often in marriage, when when there's a conflict, stuff comes out of you because it was inside of you, not because of the other person that put you in that situation. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and, and so often what I've also seen in that refining process is when there's an area of our heart that is hard and it's really um, in an untouchable state, the heat of the fire is more intense because it needs a, a, a higher level of heating to bring it to a place of mel- a melting. Um, okay. The other thing is that the silver can also look fine from the outside. Um, and it was amazing, um, Jacques actually prayed for these exact words in the intercession beforehand, but you can polish the silver. You can polish yourself and you can present yourself um, to people and actually you will look fine. But when the melting takes place, when the refining, when the difficult times come, the, what is really inside of you starts, starts surfacing. You know, the things that are inside of you. Um, Okay, I just want to go back to that thing where that which is inside of you, <laughs> because it's inside of you, it'll come out in a pressured situation and just share testimony. So in that first week of um, the month, Stefan was in Durban and I was alone with the two boys and, and Lenka was with me and um, the electricity tripped on the Wednesday night and I messaged my park at 12th Street group, no one else's electricity is tripped, it's only mine, and um, so I think, okay, so anyway, I contact Stefan, and because we just bought the house recently, he, he says no, but he thinks it's because the bill hasn't been paid, because it hasn't been transferred to our name, because there was a time frame that you had to wait, so then I start blaming Stefan for our electricity that hasn't been, you know, um, on, and I'm suffering, and I can't make bottles for the kids, and, you know, this stuff's just coming out inside of me, and I'm like, why did you, in my head, I'm like, why didn't you do this sooner? I do, I, please don't judge me, but this really was coming out inside of me, and then we, then it, it wasn't because of the bill, we found out, so then we think it's a technical thing, so we, we contact the, what's power of Joburg, city power, and the technician takes forever to come out, so now I've stopped blaming the technician, now it's the technician's fault, and he should have come out, he doesn't understand, I've got two young kids, and you know, Deirdre's come and lent us her light, and, you know, this one's helping with gas. On Anyway, and I was just like, it was really a pressure, you know, it's just that sometimes we think refining is something massive, you know, like refining is going to be that I'm going to get cancer, or I'm going to get raped, or, you know, and that, God can use that as well, but, but sometimes refining is just a small thing like that. And um, so anyway, the third day, I um, decide I'm going to get an electrician, and he comes, and he looks at the board, and he's like, oh, but this switch needs to be up. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually sharing this with you guys, but, but in my defense, it wasn't the main switch, and it wasn't the earth leakage, okay? So I did look on the original board that Stefan had taught me, these need to be up. This was another switch right at the bottom. It's a huge thing. And God just, and I was just like, there's something in this. There's something to this. And, and I just felt God saying, Lauren, often when you're in a pressured situation, you want to blame other people, but there's actually a choice inside of you. There's a, you know, you could have switched that switch on right in the beginning, and I could have revealed to you, you know. So anyway, that was a funny story um, linked to, to um, yeah, just not blaming others, you know, especially in relationships, um, romantic relationships. It's very easy to say, but you. (laughs) And, um, 
Yeah, okay. So the other thing that the fire does in the melting process is it exposes both that which is diluted, okay, the concentration of something that is not enough, and the polluted, so that which is too much. So often we think that refining is just removing sin or removing the, the bad things, the control, the independence, the fear. But sometimes refining is actually God saying, you don't have enough. <laughs> you don't have enough revelation of my worth. You know, you don't. And so refining can sometimes happen that God exposes you to truth within someone else's life. And he says, I want you to want that. <laughs> so just keep that in the back of your mind as well. Okay, so we often try and avoid difficult times. We try and avoid um, the refining by running or just justifying the things that are coming out in our hearts. But when we are God to ourselves, and these things start surfacing in a pressured situation, we will justify and we'll explain it away. But when God is God, we will, we will allow him and we will trust him and in humility respond uh, to allow him to come and change and purify the things in our hearts. We won't have to justify or explain ourselves to other people, but we will run to him and say, God, change this because I want to become more like you. Okay. Um, so the dross that it talks about that he removes are things like wrong motives, wrong attitudes, the fear, independence, um, self-control. There's anything that does not... Um, if you look at Jesus and the things that Jesus carried, the things that are not like him. Um, okay, I want to use the example of Martha and Mary. I'm going to finish off with this um, in, the, in the melting. Um, Luke 10, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? <laughs> Can you hear that, accu that <laughs> accusing voice? Tell her to help me. <laughs> Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I'm, that often, that, like I said previously, that refining takes place in relationships and God has sent me the most beautiful angel to work for me in my home, um, Lydia. But she's also been sent to me as a refining. <laughs> um, because she does things very differently to me. Um, I'll often, I'll find something in the bathroom and I know she's finished there but she hasn't put it back and I want order and I want structure and I want, and God's like, yes, and you want perfectionism and you want control. And I realize that Lydia is a mother to my children. She's not someone that works for me. She's a mother to my She treats them like her own. She does what I would do with them. And God is just saying that's more important <laughs> than having a perfect home. And so having her in my space is refining the things that are important to me as well as my idea of authority. Because I'm an, I'm an authority position. And she... Um, Praise God, it's such a testimony. She, um, she, has, she had a child 16 years ago. She's had a number of miscarriages. Um, we prayed for a lot of um, just deliverance of, of generational curses in her family, and she fell pregnant. And so she's pregnant, and we really trust in God that this baby is going to make it. <laughs> um, but God is saying, I want you to serve her, Lauren. I want it, oh, because she's got a very bad case of morning sickness. And, and I'm like, but she's working for me. <laughs> You know, and God's like, really? Is that is that how it works? And and just things like, I'm being very honest with you guys, um, but and it, I'm sure cha it challenges a lot of our mindsets. But God is saying she is as much worthy to me as you are worthy to me. You know, and so she takes Benjamin every afternoon um, to the park, and he gives her a hard time coming back because he loves it so much. And I heard that from the other ladies that are there. Um, but I know one thing with Lydia is that the dishwasher must be unpacked and the bottles must be sterilized before she goes home. And sometimes I see she's not going to make her taxi because she hasn't come home in time. And the Lord says, I want you to unpack the dishwasher. I want you to go and drive her. I want you to do the bottles. And, and so do you understand? It's, it's, it's God just using some people in your life to refine the way you see things. 
Okay, and that's the same with, with Mary and Martha. You know, Martha really felt like her contribution, you know, her offering was good. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't bad. She was a great hostess. But God was using Mary to show her what was the better place. He was using Mary to refine her in her heart. And it's funny how, um, if you go back to Malachi, it says, um, he says, I sit as a refiner. So the whole thing of the, of the process is that the, the refiner he puts the silver into that crucible and he's constantly watching over he's constantly watching over that silver to make sure that it, that the heat is at the perfect temperature now what is that how does that link to Martha and Mary where was Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus so where do we get refined at the feet of Jesus hearing the word having it spoken over us okay the third process the purification you can see there, that's the dross, the stuff that's, that's um, been brought to the surface. Okay. The refiner um, raises the temper to temperature to higher degrees. The refiner continues to remove the impurities. After the refiner painstakingly skims off these impurities, he then turns up the heat and places the crucible back into the blistering furnace. Again and again, up to seven times, we are told in historical literature, impurities rise to the surface. He knows that only certain impurities are released at certain temperatures. Okay. Sometimes control, fear, independence is so deeply rooted into us that what would be okay for the refining for the person next to you be to be delivered of independence is not what, what you need. Sometimes your process of refining needs to take nine months, and their refining took two months because it's actually more deeply rooted. Maybe God knows the degree to which you've had to be in control. You've had to, because of your past, you've had to be survive or whatever it might be. And he wants you to, to set you free of those things because of those, the, thing, the, the purpose that I told you beforehand. And so he puts you in and he knows she can't handle anymore. I'm going to take her out. Okay? He's done that work. He puts you back in. It's another level. You might ask God, but I've been here before. Really? God, I thought you dealt with this. Has anyone said that? <laughs> okay? He's just doing a deeper work. <laughs> he knows what needs, what's going on inside of you. And that's something for me specifically, the fear. <coughs> I, especially if you are more prophetic, you are constantly going to be warring against fear. Okay? Because the enemy wants to keep you quiet. <laughs> and fear often keeps you quiet. And so God, through multiple situations, has taken me through refining to be delivered of fear. Okay. Each time, with the utmost skill and patience, the refiner removes the dross, leaving behind gleaming gold and shimmering silver, more pure and precious than before. To gauge his prog progress, the refiner looks for his own reflection on the surface of the silver, filled, um, silver-filled crucible. The more dross removed, the less distorted his reflection. Okay. The Bible says, um, he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. And so after that purification, what is the response? What's the action when, when you're in that pressured situation and you realize something is coming out or you're responding a certain way? Don't run. <laughs> don't try and control the situation so that you can be removed from the difficulty. Don't try and manipulate the situation so that it ends prematurely. Just stop. <laughs> Say, God, I trust you. I acknowledge you. And then, and then we need to repent, okay? We, repentance is, if you're walking in one direction, you turn around and you walk in the other direction. And so you say, God, I acknowledge that in this, in this situation, I, through feeling intimidated, have responded in control, but I'm going to repent of that control and I'm going to trust you that I will not be intimidated. And so that's, that's just, that's the response that God requires of us, to trust him, to not run, um, and to repent, Okay, and lastly, stage five, the reflection. The refiner sees a clear image of himself. I don't know if you can see there, um, the man. You can see the, ref uh, the refiner in the, in the silver. <coughs> Only when the refiner looks into the crucible and sees a clear reflection of himself is the process complete. Finally, the silver attains its highest degree of purity. And, <coughs> um, okay. 
As we trust him to use our trials to cleanse and char um, our character and purify our hearts, we will start seeing the gold and silver. Um, Isaiah 48 says, See, I've refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Okay, it's in this time where we need to stop and we need to, we need to, there's almost a release. <laughs> I don't know if you've been through a time or, of trial or a time where, where, even if it's a small thing, like for me, that moment, it wasn't when the electricity went back on that that, that, that short process of refining was completed within me because I was still, my heart was still miff. <laughs> and it was in that moment where I was like, God, I repent of blaming other people <laughs> that, that that was lifted. And I was like, wow, thank you, God. And, and so that reflection is not just reflecting the image, it's reflecting on what God has also done. And this is when we need to build a memorial because when the enemy comes and he, and he says, no, but look, that's still in you, or God didn't do a work there, or, you know, you are this or you are that, you can, you can actually go back and you say, no, but God has set me free of this. He has delivered me of this. Um, and if, should he want to take me further in setting me free, then it will be, but he has already done a work. The other thing is that <coughs> when that metal is soft, when we are hard, we are unable to receive the imprint of the Father, the imprint of the King. But when, when metal is soft, we are able to receive. It's like wax that's been melted. The King puts his signet ring on in that wax. Um, and so it's just that the reflection of the Father inside of us, we need to be soft. We need to be able to receive um, his image inside of us. Okay, and then lastly... Uh, the promise. So the promise of refining. And I want to go back to um, Malachi 3 here. He says, can you or not? Okay. He says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord. And so firstly, he says, where will he come? He will come to the temple. What happened in the temple? <laughs> there were offerings for sin. In the Old Testament, when there was sin, you had to do a specific offering for a certain sin. <laughs> and you would wait to see, is God pleased with this offering? And how would we know that he's pleased with the offering? He will come and consume it with fire. <laughs> But that is the Old Testament. There's that constant worry. Is my offering good enough? Is what I give, is who I am good enough? And so he comes, he says, I come to the temple as a messenger of the covenant. And so we ask, but who, who is the refining for? It's for the people of the covenant. Who are the people of the covenant? The chosen people of God. Okay, it used to be the Jewish people. But now, it's those that have accepted Jesus as a Savior, and they have become a part of the church. The church is the chosen people of God. That is the covenant. And so I know, even for, for myself and my marriage, <laughs> I, I'm in a covenant with Stefan. Okay? An act that happens in our covenant is amazing sex. Okay? Really, great sex. Okay? Sometimes, especially when your hormones are a little bit after a baby, but um, <laughs> is anyone feeling awkward? Okay, I'm just breaking this here. <laughs> Stefan's like, I know you're going to talk about sex. <laughs> talk about sex, baby. It's okay to talk about sex in the church because we need to talk about sex in the church. Okay. And we should be people that have an amazing intimate sex life. But so... I want to talk more about sex, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> um, that, is a, that is something that comes with the covenant. Okay? The covenant, I can't say I'm going to marry Stefan, but I'm not going to be intimate with him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, <clears> to <throat> choose Jesus as, as my Savior, but I don't want to be sanctified. <laughs> yes, God is a gentle God, and He is a God that that will go according to the pace that you are at. But th 
the, the hunger that you have for God's presence, the desire that you have to be close to Him, the desire that you have to walk in the, in the calling and the purpose that He has is going to require that there's going to be a refining process. And so refining is going to be a reflection of the covenant that you have with God. Okay. Um, <clears throat> secondly, the promise is that he is with us through the refining. <laughs> he is with us. He sits as the refiner. <laughs> in the silver, as I said previously, in the process of refining silver, the refiner is constantly watching over the silver. And sometimes refining actually means that you that that God. Um, I don't want to say doesn't answer your prayers, because that could be a theological debate, but sometimes he's quiet. It's not that he's not answering you, and the lie can come in that he's abandoned you, <laughs> okay? Or you can be going through a difficult time, and I'm going to talk about that just now, or maybe let me chat about it now. Sometimes there's confusion that comes in, is this from the devil? Is this difficult? Is this pressured situation? Is this from the enemy, or is this from God? Okay, and the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God comes to bring life and life in abundance. And so I don't want to give you situations to say this is from the devil and this is from God, but I know that in Romans 8, God says he will use all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so if you are going through a difficult time or if you are going through a challenging, pressured, frustrated situation, the outcome is going to determine whether you're going to stay and trust God or whether you're going to try and control it in your own, because then you're going to receive that difficult time as destructive. You're going to receive it as being stolen from. Okay. But if you embrace God in the process, he will use that to draw you closer to him, to release a joy inside of you, to birth within you a rest. And so God, God is, is always there. <laughs> He's always there with us in that refining process. We're not going through that refining difficult time um, alone. And I think we sometimes postpone our refining <laughs> because we don't want to acknowledge God. We don't want to say, maybe God, you want to show me something through this. Maybe pride in our heart keeps us from blaming others or explaining situations or wanting to have an easy way out. And um, God's just saying, I'm close to those um, who have a broken heart. And save such who have a contrite spirit. I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. Okay, so that thing of, he says, I'm close to those who have a broken heart. He is there. He is close to those. When we are in a broken situation, when you feel like everything's being stripped away, he says, I am close to you. I am with you in that process. Okay, the last one is that we will not be consumed or destroyed by the fire. And that's um, in Malachi 3. He says... <clears throat> I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. In another version, it says you are not consumed. And sometimes you feel like you're going to be consumed, hey? <laughs> sometimes you know that God is just taking you through a process of healing or deliverance or, yeah, refining, and you just feel like, I can't anymore. I'm going to die. <laughs> and um, he's, saying, he's saying tonight you'll not be consumed. <laughs> he's not a forest fire that destroys that kills. Have you seen that, that fire in California? It was just the death toll just was massive. He's not a forest fire. <laughs> He's a refining fire. And um, <clears throat> I want to go to Hebrews 10, and I'm finishing off with this. It says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices. You see the Old Testament, <laughs> the priest Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, who is Jesus, had offered for all time, yeah, okay, sacrifices for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstools. Now listen, look at this sentence. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And another version says, for God has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. 
The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. In Hebrews 12, it says, God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. (laughs) We should actually be consumed. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took the fire of judgment upon him. And so that for one, for by one sacrifice, when Jesus died, that one sacrifice, he forever perfected us. Even though we are being sanctified, even though we are being refined, God sees us as perfect. Doesn't that bring you such a relief? When there's a, when there's a process of God being bringing holiness or sanctification in your life, it's not because you are not perfect and you are not good enough and you, are, you need to perform more because he already sees you as perfect. But he gives you the grace to be sanctified. He gives you the grace to, to allow that, the fire that was actually good for us. Yeah, but I, <coughs> I think so often we want to see perfection as the end goal. We want to see, we need to go through refining. We need, God wants to take us through difficult, difficult situations and, you know, um, burn away sin and control and whatever because we want to be perfect or he wants us to be perfect. But that's, that's not the purpose of refining. <laughs> he really does want us to live a life of abundance. He wants us to live a life of joy And he says, I know that your ability to control every situation tires you out. (laughs) Or your ability to constantly keep people at a distance because you're so fear of rejection, fear of being rejected, isolates you and you suffer with loneliness. (laughs) Or you have such a need for status that your pace at which you run in the workplace is going to burn you out and you are going to have no effect in any case. And so I'm going to turn up the pressure slightly. I'm going to bring a difficult situation because I want you to see that the way in which you are operating, the way in which you are living is is not fruitful. (laughs) Or the way in which you just grew up and were exposed to in your family or the things that you suffered under someone else's hand. That was not what I had for you. And so now I need to expose the truth and say, this is actually the truth that I have for you. And so the one who started our salvation is the one who completes our salvation. <laughs> the way into the in is through Jesus and the way on is also through Jesus. <laughs> In Ezekiel 36, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so the motivating factor is really that the one that brought us under the fire and that is sitting watching over us to ensure that we are not harmed in the process is the same one that that took the part of the fire that we could not handle in our own strength. And that is why we can embrace that fire. There's, there's no greater love than that. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a love like no other. Um, I've, I've really only be aim, been able to grasp this since I've become a parent. Because you, you really want your children to flourish. <laughs> You want your children to, to live a life. You want them to be joyful. And, um, and sometimes that requires that they go through difficult situations. Sometimes you have to watch, you have to wa- you're constantly watching over them, but you, you almost need to allow them <laughs> to go through that themselves because you know that it's going to set them up in the long run. And I was even just um, at a party on Saturday and we'd taken Benjamin's bike um, with him and um, Zander, his friend, was riding his bike and I could see this, this tension in him, you know, and I think the normal response would be sort of to, 
to hit, you know, and to <laughs> grab the bike back. But I, I could just see the struggle, you know, that's my bike, you know. And, um, yeah, and I wanted to just go fight his battle for him, you know. I wanted to just go under his bike. <laughs> and um, I just watched him and he, he came inside and he took my hand. He said, Mama, my bike. And, um, and I went with him. I, I, I was about to go with him and I said, boy, just go tell Zander it's your bike. And he just st- stood and he was like, Zander, my bike. And Zander gave the bike to him, back to him, you know. And, and I think sometimes God wants to intervene in our difficult situations. <laughs> I think he's so desperate to come and relieve us from pressure and relieve us from the, the things that are being exposed in our hearts. But he also wants us to choose. He wants us to choose life. He wants us to establish boundaries, um, to be able to choose that rest over choosing status or power, whatever it might be, you know. He wants us to be able to, he's always there. Like Benjamin could always come to me and he could ask me in a sense, what should I do, you know. And, um, but he went and, I, and it set him up, you know, for the future to not respond in anger and re- not, not to respond in accusation, but to actually claim what, what was his in a, in a sense, you know. And, um, and I just, I really believe God wants to do a work tonight um, for some of you that you are unable to see God in what you're going through at the moment. Um, you're unable to, to see that this could be, be good at all. Um, but what he's actually doing inside of you is he's increasing your capacity to carry his glory. He's increasing um, the thing that he has for you. He's increasing your desire for it in your heart. Um, and I, I just feel tonight if there are many people with hardened hearts, with, with hearts that are saying, I want to be on the other side of refining, but I don't want to go through it. <laughs> Or, God, I feel disappointed in the past. I felt like you let me down. And so refining has actually hardened my heart towards you. And although on the outside it looks okay, (laughs) when the pressured situation comes, you're not the first one that I respond to. (laughs) I go and find help with my boyfriend or, you know, or I go running or I do whatever, but it doesn't satisfy. And God's like, I want you to come to me. Close our eyes. Hebrews twelve says. For the joy that was set before him, um, Jesus embraced the cross, embraced the suffering. What was that joy? It was, it says it was a joy that was set before him. Okay, so what was the joy that was set behind him? The joy behind him was that he was with the Father. He was in the Father's presence. That was his joy. But the joy that was set before him was that I'm going to spend eternity with the people that I love (laughs) in the presence of God. 